Welcome, I'm Faye Waterman, the Conversation Curator, and this is What's Your Superpower? And my wonderful guest today is Sarah Troy. Sarah was born with an incredible special gift. From an early age, Sarah could see the possibility in others. Throughout her life, she has served both professionally and as a humanitarian in assisting others to live more purposefully meaningful and productive lives. When we connect through the soul to an open heart and an igniting spirit, we allow the mind to see in a way that is truly illuminating. With her podcast site, Self Discovery Wisdom, and her community site, Orchard of Wisdom, Sarah supports those who are making positive differences in the lives of others, through her podcast and collab books with her Mastery Practitioners Fund Action Programs, where she shares the mentors and supports who are serving humanity. With the Orchards of Wisdom collaborative podcast books, mentor programs and more to come, Sarah wishes to ignite our inner souls, our, open our hearts, uplift our spirits and allow expansion of our minds to view life's wisdom differently. Welcome, Sarah, and thank you for your time. My pleasure. Thank you very much for inviting me. My my pleasure as well. And it has wonderful to, to actually meet you. I've heard so much about you. And I'm going to learn today what are your amazing superpowers let's <laughs> let's go back a little in history for you and talk about where you come from and how you got to where you are today how long have we got <laughs> 68 <laughs> years worth <laughs> I, I originate from England and and as a teenager my mother and I moved to South Africa and I had 11 and a half years there I took time out to do a great deal of traveling for a couple of years where I traveled Europe and went over into the States and uh, I then I decided I was actually going to go back to live in the States but I came to Canada first uh, for a year and that's when I met my ex-husband and we proceeded to have three children, cat, dogs, mortgage, divorce, you know, the usual. And uh, then it was the, the new exploratory of my life and going in a new direction once the divorce happened. But it's always about soul discovery. It always has to have a soul and spirit and heart connection for me. And if I'm not feeling connected, then I am completely out of balance. Yeah, and I think that applies to everyone if we aren't connected with our soul, with our heart, with with whom we are, we are disconnected and we're wondering what is going on and we can't piece it together unless we have a conversation with someone who yes. helps us do that and that's the sort of thing you do through your podcast, creating that awareness for people to connect with their soul. What did you do? What sort of work did you do before you started your podcast? What was it? I have done a great deal. I have modeled. I've owned restaurants. I've worked in restaurants. I've worked in theater. I was South Africa's first go-go dancer. Uh, ran the second mobile discotheque there, which was absolutely fabulous. A uh, real eye-opener and a great thing for a teenager to do. Um, and I've... Uh, I've worked as a rep, a rep, you know, selling various products, and um, uh, I've worked as uh, had my own company um, uh, for the love of passion, uh, the passion for fashion rather, and that is helping people dress uh, according to who they are, the essence of who they are, so they can gain confidence externally to go internally, and uh, I've also had my own thing called the Art of Positive Living, which is um, doing a program of self discovery of understanding what our true colors are, our personality traits, our view of life, what's stopping us from moving forward. And then as a possibility seer, helping them navigate the path forward before I see what is there in front of them. So that's some of the thing, plus a mother and now a grandmother. So yes, I've done a few things. <laughs> uh, I like the sound of the first go-go girl in South Africa. Yes. 
What made you do that? What inspired you? Well, I was 15 and I introduced my brother to a guy that had just come from England and uh, they together um, they decided, because we're stripping back and forth here, and they, you know, they, he bought over a mobile discotheque and my brother and he started the first mobile discotheque there playing at parties and events. And then I met my boyfriend at 16 and he had a mobile discotheque. So I went on to do that. But, you know, at the, at the discotheque, it was still that age early 70s where people were kind of beginning to learn to dance differently uh, kind of get into the music South Africa was a bit behind the rest of the world on that and so being that go-go dancer I was kind of that of example of how to get into the groove and move and I got paid to dance and I got paid to dance at some of the greatest parties and it was wonderful I loved it you know, as a teenager, and it was money, and I could dance and have fun and go to parties. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely amazing. I think you also said that you were a model. What yes. got you into modeling? It was around the same time period. I was a seasonal model plus a ramp model. So I did ramp work. Um, and it was just something that um, easy to fall into at that time. It kind of just tied in. Um, I enjoyed it to a point um seasonal modeling is really hard because it's you are just wearing the same clothes wearing for different people coming to buy from the house and it's a quick change and out there and uh the, i liked the ramp modeling i like when we did fashion shows that was fun um they had some extraordinary tales on those um i did a, a little bit of uh, commercial photography etc um advertising but it was more kind of the the hands-on there them and and curvy was still okay it's before everything became completely flat <laughs> so I was I was actually a young woman wearing women's clothes because I was curvy right you explained it to me I was going to ask you what you mean by curvy I kind of had an idea but you <laughs> yes yes now it's sort of it's still waif-like and and I think mm. it's an it's not a it's not a good look. I think we need to look at people who are natural, natural shapes, natural sizes, and things like that, because it it impresses on the young girls to mm. want to be waif like, and it's not a healthy way to to be. Yeah. No, we're fortunately seeing this changing in shows like Project Runway and a few other shows where they're putting plus size models and they're putting even binary in there. And so it's kind of been more representative. Um, and I did a wonderful show the other day on somebody who uh, is now doing disability clothing because it yes. was a $1.8 billion industry being ignored. And through her own son with MS, wanting a pair of jeans, she realized there was no fashion industry for people with disabilities and uh, so she created an entire empire on this which working with Tommy Hilfiger and Adidas and numerous others so uh, I think when people become aware and they realize not everybody is a waif um, then they realize you're missing out on a huge market get going <laughs> and I'd say the majority of people are normal size you know a, a 12 upwards well in US 14 Size 14 is the norm up, yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. It's interesting how we have this concept of size and we look at ourselves in the mirror and think, hmm, put on a bit of weight or I don't, you know, you've got a muffin top or this or that or yes. whatever. <laughs> and I think what we need to do is embrace ourselves and our yeah. soul and love us yeah. for who we as are. As long as you're healthy. Yes. You know, there, there's the there's the... Obesity, which represents bad health, bad practices, um, clearly a repetitive program. Um, but if you just happen to be a bigger figure, uh, it, it is who you are. And, you know, the joy comes from within. It is an inside out. And, you know, whether somebody is bigger or smaller, it's, it's about the joy of life. But healthy is something we need to take into. And that's we've got to honor the vessel we're in. Right. Absolutely. I, I think that a lot of young people don't honour the vessel that they're in because they want yeah. something that's better. And I think what they have is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. 
take it in and embrace it because beauty, as you say, comes from the inside out. It's not how we look on the outside. It's that beauty from the inside that needs to shine on the outside. That's what we connect with when we connect yeah. with people. There was so a young woman, I, uh, I just want to add to that, because there was a young woman I interviewed called Keshi, who was a burn victim, 45, 65% of her body. And she went on this TV show, big one, huge international show called ADT, America's Got Talent. And when she was there, she was clearly disfigured because she was burnt over her face, her hands, her body, everything. And of course, people were kind of, oh, you know, taken aback. Yeah. But when she sang, the heart and the soul and the spirit of her came out. Nobody paid attention to what she looked like anymore. They forgot, right? And I think that's something we need to, to remember. You know, yes, it's nice to have a nice exterior, but if you don't have a good interior, it doesn't matter. Yeah. No, so true. And I think we judge people on that, on the way they look from the outside yeah. and not from the inside. Mm -hmm. And what we need to be doing is looking at who that person actually is, the, the person that's coming from within, not from the outside. Yes. 100%. Yeah. Tell me more about the experiences you had leading up to becoming a podcaster who has now been doing it for 11 years because we're going to get to your superpowers and I think I can see a few of them already <laughs> shining out, talking about the things that you've done and the fun, the fun that you've had, creating the joy for not only yourself but for others. Yeah, so share a little bit more of how you got to become a podcaster, what inspired you to, to be one? It, it actually came about from depression. Um, I had invested in a quantum uh, electric motor and the motor was absolutely mind-blowing. The gentleman, very eccentric, but brilliant. And unfortunately, it was the wrong time. 2008 crash. Then we partnered with people that ended up stealing our technology. And I became homeless and living out of a car. And uh, it was, you know, that rock bottom. And um, I, when I'm like that, I have to be proactive. I have to do something. Otherwise, I feel useless. And I wrote an article. And somebody saw that article and looked at my site, which was around the, the discovery program, uh, the True Colors, et cetera. And she said, oh, I think you've got a lot to say. I'd like you to be on my podcast network. And I go, what's a podcast? <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. Never listened to one. Didn't know they existed. And uh, uh, I didn't even have the money to join uh, because this was a platform I had to pay for. So somebody paid for my first month. I don't know how I paid for the rest of the months. It was hard enough having a roof over my head. And the first show that I did, because it was live, I pressed all the wrong buttons. It was a complete Monty Python skip for anybody who remembers the Monty Pythons. And, you know, I'm frustrated. Going, no, why isn't it working? And then, you know, got 10 minutes in out of my half hour. And she said, do you want to continue? And I said, we can't get worse from here. And then in 13 months live, people dropping, you dropping, people not turning up, this happening. It was a great training ground. But I got the bug. And I realized how many extraordinary, wonderful people are, are out there that I wanted to to share with the world. And so 10 years, uh, so I started my own network, which is now 10 years old, and I've been you know, podcasting for 11 and a half. And I have got to meet some of the most extraordinary people. And I get to bring people on like you, who come and share your journey and the importance of conversation, where we had a beautiful show on conversation and how important it is to know how to converse with yeah. people. It's one of basic necessities. And so, yeah, it's a privilege. I love what I'm doing, but it started from depression. That's pretty amazing. I, I mean, that's an inspiration to people who are living with depression. I want to go back a little bit to talk about when you were living in a car, were you living in the car by yourself or with your children? Because it happens these days that mothers are living in cars yeah. with their children. They go into community centres to shower in the morning yes. and, you know, do that sort of thing and go off to work. Like nobody knows what's going on yes. with them and their children just go off to school and then they sleep in the car at night again. What was yeah. that experience like for you? Not with children, fortunately. I stayed in a bad marriage to give a roof over my head until my children asked me to divorce. 
Um, but this actually was with my boyfriend, who was the person with the motor and the dog. And so we lived in that and I didn't even have insurance on the car. So I'd have to drive around looking for places to park so the police wouldn't catch me. And uh, so it was quite hairy. Uh, eventually ended up on a farm uh, so we could park there and uh, kind of helped out with the animals. And uh, but, you know, I was determined that, you know, I was going to manifest, you know, some people that were interested. And for a while it, that got us out of that and put us in a place to live while the next development of the motor went on. But then it was, I want more, more percentage, more percentage, more percentage. I said, but what are you putting in? What are you putting in, you know, to, for us to grow? Because uh, there's one person I see supporting as everybody else is just demanding more percentage, but what are you contributing? And uh, they didn't like that. So they wanted me out. And eventually they took the technology and everything came to a crash. So it was, um, it was a, it was a difficult path. It was a difficult time. I thank God I wasn't with my children, um, but I was absolutely determined that I was the one to suffer in the marriage, and so I was not going to put them through it until they told me that they were suffering too, and it was time to put an end to it. Mm. So I'm blessed that it wasn't with with it, but it was with my dog, and she, my best friend. <laughs> so she was a uh, well, wonderfully adaptive and kept me sane through it. Yeah, and animals have have a tendency to do that sort of thing, don't yes. they? You can yes. have a conversation with them and they look at mm -hmm. you and they don't answer you and they're, it's unconditional love. 100%. 100%. I, I've literally had a dog when I was given a wrong medication for the depression. It was in South Africa and it was... Um, it, it made me hallucinate. They actually had to take it off the market because too many people were committing suicide uh, and yeah. not wanting to commit suicide, just doing stupid things because they thought they could. And I was driving along a cliff in South Africa. If anybody knows it, it's literally cut into the mountain and it's a sheer drop into the water on the rocks. And there's a curve that you can stop and look out and it's really beautiful. But a lot of people have driven off the edge. Why they never put a bar up there to stop people, I don't know. But people would drive off to commit suicide. And I'm driving along in my Triumph Spitfire. My dog is with me and she barks at me and I bark back at her. She paws me and I paw her. Eventually she picked up her entire body and threw it on top of me. And I came to a stop, I was driving stick. So I came to a stop and my tires are on the edge of the cliff. And I snapped out of whatever I was in so quickly. I don't even know how long I was there just holding her, my heart pounding, when I realized how close we came to going over. And we would not be alive had it not been for her. Ooh, that's that's incredible. <laughs> yeah. In incredible. I think, yeah. Best... Like, how did she know? How they did she know. know, you know? They, yeah. they do know. You... Yeah. The funny thing is that, you know, my dog knows when I'm getting ready to go for a walk. She knows when I'm going out. They just know. Yeah. There's a sense about them and your dog at that time. Thank God. <laughs> saved yeah. your life. That is yes. Incredible. Our lives. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's, whew, let's move on from that. That's... <laughs> it's, it's an interesting it's it's interesting because there are so many suicides going on in the world yes. right now yes. that we don't hear about but we know that they're happening and how yes. do you stop them how do you stop those people things like being able to have a conversation with you yeah. Sarah talking about what their issues are what their yes. what their life is like and they can share it because then there are other people out there thinking, oh, I'm not alone. Yes. That's me too. I've got someone who's going through the same things as I am. And there are yeah. so many people going through different things in life, but they think that they're all alone. I know. It's, it's a feeling of despair. Uh, depression is so unreasonable because there's nothing rational about it. You can't snap out of it. There's no common sense. It doesn't matter. We, we, we know we're in depression, but it is somebody who's come in and pulled your guts out, pulled your heart out and squished it. And it's like that just total feeling of despair. And I think if you interviewed people who committed suicide on the other side, I think a huge percentage would say to them, I didn't want to die. 
I just wanted the pain to stop. And then, yes, and you're calling out for help, but nobody really hears you or sees you because they're so busy living their own lives or they don't know the signs. And, and look at how many people are so happy, like Robin Williams and a, a number of others. We look at them as being our comic relief, our release. And then the darkness that they're in, we don't see. And so we're surprised, you know, when they take their lives. You know, it, depression doesn't have an obvious face. No. I remember you reminded me when you said Robin Williams. I remember a young man who was so happy and always laughing and joyful committed suicide. And yes. he, you just think, wow, you know, didn't see that coming. Did no. not see that and coming. And that's, that's the point. That's the point. So many you just don't see coming. There is actually a brilliant movie called Sunset Express. And it's it's between Samuel L. Jackson and Tommy Lee Jones. And I think, quite honestly, the best roles they've ever played. And it's all, obviously, it was a play because it's all set in one room. And... Um, Tommy Lee Jones has saved Samuel L. Jackson from jumping in front of a train and taking him back to his place. And it's the argument over suicide and living. And it's just so brilliantly written and addresses so many, like both sides had a very good point. Yes. Very good point. And it just, it opens up the conversation and it helps you, I think, kind of understand that there are some people that it is just the end of their chapter, the end of their book, and they want to be in control of how they go. It's not necessarily a giving up, um, but it, it, it it's a very good movie. It's on Netflix. So if you have the chance to see it, I highly recommend it. I will. I will watch it. Those sorts of things really make you take a step back and think about your life and where yes. you're at and the experiences that you've actually had and makes you grateful mm-hmm. for where you're at and who you are and the people that surround you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell me tell me a little bit more about you. Share some something that you haven't told anyone. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm an open book nowadays. Um, <laughs> I'm a quirky creature. I'm not everybody's cup of tea. Somebody's come strong block of black coffee or scotch. You know, it's, um, I spent too much of my life trying to dance to other people's beat of their drum and to find that I wasn't in sync and that I have my own drum going, my own beat going. And uh, um, me just being me is is quite okay. But it took a long time for me to get there because I was always trying to be what everybody else wanted me to be. And I wasted too much of my life that way. And as an empath, a feeler, um, and a very spiritual person, I just don't understand why human beings are so unkind to each other mm. and the cruelty that they impose on each other instead of supporting each other and being and exploring all we can be. And uh, it really gets me down sometimes. So it's something that I have to battle with. But at the same time, there's a sadness that travels with me all the time. And even and enjoy. What's that sadness? I think the sadness is there's the undercurrent of because you know when when you're empathic you feel and I can't just switch that off because to switch that off which I did do for a while I switched off to everything, and in order to feel the love and joy I have to feel the pain and suffering and but sometimes that pain and suffering can be a little high, and it's just I just don't understand why we've with so much that we're given, with so much that we're blessed, with so much support from the universe, God, use spirit, energy, whatever you wish to call it, from Mother Earth, uh, with the extraordinariness of what we can be, why we are choosing to go down such dark, negative, hateful paths. That's that's one of my ongoing battles. (laughs) It's interesting, isn't it? Because we we get a story in our head. Sometimes it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and, and it overtakes us until yes. we get to a place where we're not in a good place. No. We don't want to be there, but we don't know how to get out of that. Exactly. And that's a, that's tough because what we're doing to ourselves is we're, you know, we're our biggest critic. 
Yes. We, we, we look at ourselves, you know, other people you think might criticise, but we are our worst critic. We look yes. at ourselves and we're not good enough or we don't have the confidence to do this or we fear, we have this fear of the unknown, so we're scared to try things and do that sort of stuff. So being in that place, and I, I, I can say I haven't had depression I've had anxiety mm -hmm. and I'm not sure whether that is the same as depression. It, um, it, it's certainly the, you know, the border. I mean, it is, it's the anxiety is the conscious feeling of anxiety and the despair is the being swallowed up. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've had those moments of anxiety. Um, didn't know what they were at the time. Mm -hmm. Had no idea, just knew there was something. And, yeah, and when situations change, it just goes. Exactly. It's frequency. Yeah. It's changing the frequency. Yeah. And this is why, you know, I talk a great deal about good vibrations and frequency and, and uh, channeling and consciousness because when we can elevate our frequency, elevate our consciousness into a higher hertz, a higher frequency, a higher vibe, which anybody wants to absorb, um, we actually are stepping up into an enlightenment. We're also stepping up into meaningful purpose and also stepping up into soul, heart and spirit peace. And this is, you know, all that air that is angsting people in their anxiety and their fear and their pain is because they don't know how to get here. Well, it is a journey. It's part of your journey as a human being. And you don't have to suffer, but we do struggle. And that struggle is only as hard as our resistance and need to step into resilience more than resistance and allow and not dictate and explore and don't don't categorize. So don't don't hone things in in a box. And then then I think we will lift ourselves up into an understanding that is far greater. So it is a choice. Everything is a choice Absolutely. of what we feed. A choice, and a lot of people don't realise they have choices. We have choices no. and we can choose to change things that aren't serving us. Yeah, There are some things we can't change, but mm -hmm. there are. we have a whole heap of choices there in our life. If we don't like something, we can choose to change it. But there's that fear of the unknown, so therefore they they hesitate, or we as, as individuals, humans, hesitate to want to take that step into the unknown because it's scary. You know, if we do that or when we do that and we look around and we think, wow, why haven't I done this before? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Exactly. I mean, I've always lived in the unknown because I am Me the too. knowingness coach. You know, it's all about knowingness. It's, it's about allowing our soul wisdom to come into our heart, into truth, and for our spirit to go into action and for our mind to know what it needs to know when it needs to know it. And I've always lived there. And everything I've done, uh, I've explored. I never knew what I was doing. I just went in and did it. Can I do it or can't I do it? I don't know until I try. And so as much as I would love to have that sense of security in one place and knowing what tomorrow is going to bring, I've lived my entire life in the unknown and there's a certain amount of it that's exciting. And yeah, there are some times I would just like, I'd like to know what's on the agenda tomorrow, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's, there's an element of living as you say you do with that unknown. There's an element of excitement there because, yes. because there's so much, I mean, we are energy, we are a vibration, and we have to allow allow ourselves to explore and move through things even though there is a fear there. Just take that journey because life is a journey of ups, downs, ins, outs, whatever it may be. But when you reflect back on some of the experiences you've had, you say, well, I'm glad I went through that because yeah. it's brought me to where I am today. And the lessons that I've learned along the way, I will not do those things yes. that don't serve me anymore. And you're building a, a consciousness 
and and a strength and a resilience and a braveness, if you mm. can say that word, to, to take, yeah, <laughs> to take you to the next level in life. And yes, every every day is different, but there's an excitement about it, and we can yeah. cre- create more of an excitement about that yeah. if we choose to. We can mm-hmm. choose not to. But if we choose yeah. to look at what where it will take us, who knows? Who cares? As long as it's safe and there's exciting things happening. Well, I think this is the point is that we've got to understand that society and organizations and dare I say religions, and most certainly governments, who are keepers in fear, because that's oh. a way to control the masses, right? And uh, they everything that I mean, when you look at anything to do with spirituality they cultify it as something evil and coming from the devil and but the more and more that science is understanding I have a whole show genre called quantum spirituality where they're actually understanding the measurement of spirituality is the measurement of higher energy and that in that higher energy plane the brain changes the energy in the body changes, the health and the outlook and everything else changes. So they're beginning to understand now, this isn't woo-woo, this is science. And that they're beginning to understand the benefits of people rising up to that higher plane, both mentally, physically, spiritually, and in every way. And it's, it's slowly happening. But one of the things we really need to understand, we love to point a finger. It's government, it's this, it's everybody else. But there's three fingers pointing back at us. And it's saying to you, well, where's your onus? Where's your responsibility? What are you doing to participate in your own choices, in your own life? Yes, it's hard, but it doesn't have to be suffering. And it gets easier the more you participate in it, the more that you keep moving forward and you discover your courage, you discover your strength, you discover your abilities, you discover your meaningful purpose, and suddenly you are sharing it with the world and being that inspiration that begets that invitation for others to take the path too. It's an encouragement when you when you see someone that you spend time with stepping out and doing yeah. those things they want to tread into it as well. So you are giving that encouragement to those people around you, giving them the confidence to pursue whatever it is in life that they want to pursue and know that they can do it, but there's a fear there stopping them because there's that story again telling them, oh, you can't do that, what if, what if. And, you know, you can live in regret all your life get to the end of your life and say, what if I had done this? Where would I be now? I have conversations with people who say, if I'd only. Yes. Yeah. It's never too late if you realise. Unless you're dead. (laughs) That's right. So you can can change it. It's never too late to have a go at whatever it is that you want to do. And we're never too old. It doesn't matter how old we are, we can still have a go at it. If it doesn't work out, what's the lesson that you've learned? Let's move on to the next thing. And I think what can happen is that you become more resilient. You become more um, eager to have a go at something else. And that self-confidence, that self-worth and awareness is building so you build that courage to step because your compass yeah yeah it does it it, it becomes you know i have a the core the core in my heart soul spirit where where it all meets and if it says no i don't question it it's a no if it's not pulling me back and it's saying explore and and in exploring it may not be something that is long term it's maybe something i just need in the moment but when it says no, I'm sorry, you can talk as much as you want. I'm not going to do it. The core said no. Yeah. That is that is my compass. That is my guidance system. That yeah. is the wisdom of the universe all saying not for you. And we've got to learn to trust our own inner voice as to what we do and what we don't do. Be wondrous. 
take those steps, explore, but listen to your inner guidance. Don't just willy-nilly go out there running around like a head, you know, chicken with a head cut off. You know, you could still be mindful and soulful on every step that you take. Yeah, like a headless chook. <laughs> I love that analogy. It's going with your gut feeling. Yes. It's that fight or flight feeling. Your gut, your second brain tells you whether it's right or not yes. right for you. So go with that feeling because there's always some other opportunity out there for you. Always. Mm -hmm. Tell me, Sarah, what is one of your true passions in life? Mm -hmm. I have many. I've got two beautiful little grandsons right now, a three-month-old and a 28-month-old. And believe me, I'm very passionate about them, as I was about my children. I poured my entire self into them. But I would say, really, I mean, you, you've been doing this a while as well. When you've got somebody that you're interviewing and they share their exuberance in that story, to, to hear someone and where they've come from, what has happened to them, where they had every reason to give up, because of what's happened to them, but they decided to go through the process of healing and their resilience, the strength, their courage to become and the inspiration that they are today. And, you know, that is something that gets me up every day. You know, those stories of that courage and that beautiful tenacity and that love of self and love of what they do really, really excites me. So, you know, people say, but that's your work. And I said, no, that's my passion, which happens to be my work. <laughs> But when you when you're passionate about what you do, mm -hmm. it, it's not work. No, it's, it's it's a love, it's a joy, and I think that you know you get the opportunity and you draw those people who have come from adversity, who yes. have have come from different places. You draw them into your life to have those amazing conversations those learnings and that what is it that expectation not that that gratitude of sharing sharing yeah. this story to the world which is an mm. honor yes it's an absolute honor to be able to share people's stories and, and a responsibility too right yes. it's it's i want people to feel it's safe to be vulnerable with me yes Yes. And that however dark their story may be, however hard it is, that it's serving someone out there, right? Because they trust that that message is, is out there and that it's it's helping. You know, people say, hey, how many people listen to your shows? And I got all those that are ready to listen. These shows are going to find the right audience. They're going to go to the people that are ready to hear this information. My shows are long, like, like yours. We're not quick fixers. We like peeling back the onions and revealing. And this is a show, you know, our shows are the kind of thing listen to over and over again and take notes because there's so much to learn from it that you can apply. As I say, listen, learn and apply. Yeah. And it's the listening and then the actual feeling of mm. wanting to go back and listen again. Yeah. Because when you listen the first time, you hear certain things. Yes. When you listen a second time, you hear other things that then build on the first things that you hear. So you, it's like reading a book. You know, you read a book and you see things in it. You remember them and you read the book again and you see different things in it. It's like listening to your podcast or my podcast and hearing something but then hearing it again and reinforcing it. Yeah. And I think we both create an environment that is safe and yeah. comfortable for our guests to share, feel comfortable and safe to share their stories. Yes. And some of those stories. Important story. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. you know, I can I can tear up mm. yes. any time and it's all like, oh, Oh, I've got a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting to share some more about your passions because I have this feeling there's, there's just something that's just got to come out more. <laughs> well, you know, when I started, <coughs> excuse me, it was one show a week on that other network. Then I did two. 
And then when I started doing my own, I did one or two a week. And now I can do anything from four to eight a week. The four is generally when I'm going off to see grandkids. Um, and then the eight is when I'm at home working. And it, it for me, it's it's more than telling the story, I branched out into the, you know, the mentorship uh, directory where for people who have the services and the coaching that you've heard the story, you've heard what they're doing. But now this is more a honing in as to what the services are. Um, but also the podcast books and the book we're coming out with is the Forgotten Children series. And this is one that's been with me for a long time of me wanting to do it. Uh, because I'm a firm believer that if we raise our children differently, we won't have such a dysfunctional adulthood. And uh, by people who are in the business of children um, sharing, uh, we're going to get so much wisdom and knowledge and awareness that we didn't know. It's always about sharing the awareness. People listening and go, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Or oh, I can do that. I could apply that. Or this person. I resonate with them. They're the person I've been looking for. And that's the passion and for having this database, this library that people can pick because there's over 3,000 shows, people on the 18 genres, so you can break it down to whatever your topic is, of finding that one person. I've been waiting for this person. Yeah. I'm This person's speaking to me. Yeah. Right? And, it's, and I don't always know because, you know, people don't comment. They don't feed back all the time. But every now and again, I get somebody commenting how this show changed their life. Or I've had actually people say this show saved my life. And it just, that's, that's, that's gravy. That's cherry on the top. That's everything, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? And, and that's what it's all about because you're giving the listener an opportunity that they never thought they had. And that opportunity is to grow as a person because that what they listened to inspired them or to save their life because yes. whatever that person said has let them know that they're not alone and that there is hope out there. Giving people hope is a really important thing in life these days. Hope. Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, but also awareness, knowledge. I mean, yeah. I have a... I have a show coming up next week, with, uh, which is actually on breast mass and, you know, how prone you are to breast cancer or breast problems is according to your mass. I didn't know that. Right. And, and there's, you know, this doctor is coming on. And so this is, you know, um, most certainly a kind of show that needs to be out there. It's less about her story and more about what we need to know. It's an informational show. And then it's there's the fashion. stories, obviously, of people. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm basically is if you're coming from your heart and your passion and what you are sharing is going to serve others, I don't have a limit on, on what it is. It's just got to be of service. Mm. Because a lot of the time people say, you know, what's your topic? What's yes. Your topic? And I'm thinking, well, my topic is whatever it might be at the moment. Exactly, exactly. And, and yes. it's, it's about finding out about people how they've served themselves, how they've mm. served other people, and how they can help the community yeah. at large. It's not yes. not restricted to a particular topic. It is mm. whatever it is and whatever comes out of it is what is needed at that time. And But it's um, always the centre core, isn't it, though? Yes. You know, it doesn't matter what the topic is or who the people are as long as the core value of what it represents is there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And that topic that you're going to have next week, I would say is a top priority for, yes. for women out there to understand because yeah. we don't understand our bodies enough. We know there's this or that problem or whatever and Instead of cures, we need to prevent. So, therefore, educational yes. topics like that are things that can keep us healthy. Keep yes, exactly. Empower, empower us, right? Yes. To, to to take onus of our own health. I have yes. another show called "Your Health Is Your Choice," and people go, "Why? What do you mean?" And I said, "Because how we, what we put in, and what we do with our bodies." 
it is our choice. And if something is happening to us that isn't our choice, we need to empower ourselves to take back our choice, right? And but what it's what we don't know. And that's one of the reasons I do those shows is to help you know something you didn't know that you can apply as a choice. And it, and it is, and our body is our our vessel. And yes, you know, if we abuse it, then expect whatever you get from it. <laughs> if you yeah. nurture it, then keep nurturing it. And you know, I always say people say you go on a diet to lose weight and things. And I always say a diet is something you do every day. You educate yourself to know what your body needs at the time, what you put in you you um gives you the energy to do the things that you do every day so nurture you nurture your body i think that um the medical profession uh is so in honed in on um medicating and not giving Mm -hmm. yes yeah and i think you know go take responsibility for you yeah you're doing to your body Mm. i'm not saying that if there's an illness, you can't deal with it. You've got to have that help. But yeah. other times, choose to look after and nurture your bodies because it's the only one you've got. And it's the most fascinating mechanical thing that that happens in the world is our body. Yes. I have a disease I live with and I've learned to partner with it. I'll have it for the rest of my life. It's not one that's curable. And we've become a partnership. And every now and again, it says, uh-uh. Mm-mm. I'm pulling the rug from you. You're not, you're overdoing it. You need more rest. Um, you know, I'm tapping you on the shoulder, but if you're not careful and, and then, you know, if I listen to it and give it what it needs, I can go and do what I need. Mm. But then when I do shows like this, like I woke up exhausted today, which is part of the disease. And I felt heavy and exhausted all day. And then, you know, I went on the breakfast meeting with you and met everybody else. And then here in the show, the exhaustion is gone. Yeah. Right. Because the yeah. because the spirit has been elevated, and the half the time, it you know it's the body fighting with the spirit. But I think is don't make whatever your illness is. And I've been an asthmatic since the age of two, so another thing I've just had to learn to live with. Don't make it an enemy. It's no. not out to get you. It's just your limitation. And I think I understand why I was given the disease I was is to slow me down because my energy can be too much for people. And I think it was to dampen that energy so that it could be received more openly. Mm. And that's a superpower for you to recognize what your body is going through and how to read your body and yeah. respect it. Respect it. Yes, yes have a respect for what it is instead of pushing through it nurture it so that you've got the energy to do the things that you need to do and don't listen to other people well you've got to do this and you've got to do that you can try other things and please do right please do try but learn to listen to the inside out your body will tell you this isn't for me no this is detrimental yes you can do that let's do that more often but learn as I said, partnership, conversation with your body. Learn to listen to it. And it is a conversation, really. When you, when you yeah. think about it, you're having conversations with your body and thinking, oh, I'm hungry and my stomach's growling, which yeah. it is at the moment. And I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, have that conversation, just calm down. Or there's something happened or you've seen something that's sort of upset you. Just taking a breath and calming yourself, but taking control. Yes. Don't let it control you. You exactly. take control of it, whatever exactly. it may be, and you will have a better, better life from doing yeah, that. I mean, and, we all get bad days, yeah. but don't look at it as the be all or the end all. It's just a bad day. It's just a, a low day, all <laughs> right? And if you look after yourself, tomorrow will be a higher day. But right? in the it. moment, it's, oh, it's a low day. Oh, you know, you just... You've just given it all your positive energy and now you're zapped. You know, yes. it's uh, so because there's no it takes point. It, yeah, it, it, it takes it. it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Come on, let me get you. I want exactly. to see you. I want to see you down. <laughs> exactly. 
Now, I mean, and, that's, you know, the anxiety you were talking about. When you get anxious over something, you don't realize that it's taking all the good energy from you that you need in order to manage the anxiety. So, mm. you know, this is where we have to be really mindful. Okay. I, I, I nowadays have got really good control over my depression, but every now and again, I feel it. Oh, it's coming on. What do I need to do? And I've got a few steps that I know I need to do to make sure that my equilibrium isn't thrown off. Yeah. And it's pay attention. Don't wait for it to become bigger than what you can cope with. It's pay attention to the signs in life. Yeah. That's that awareness that we need we all need to have. Yes. Have that awareness of our own body and our own thoughts and how we're feeling and bring it back to a, a balance that is healthy. Yes, life is balanced. Look at frequency, look at energy, look at our DNA. Nothing yes. is a straight linear line. Everything has a movement to it. We are meant to be fluid creatures in our thoughts, in our action, the blood in our body, the oxygen in our body. Everything has to be in flow. And the moment you crunch down in anxiety or anger or pain, you're blocking the energy, you're blocking the flow. So this is why we say take a breath. You know, dear old Adam, I had him on, yeah, the, you know, the breath geek, right? And it's about, yeah, as he says, I'm going to be cheeky. I'm going to tell you, shut your mouth, breathe through <laughs> your nose, right? And in, and it's that we forget, we, we think that we take breathing for, for granted and we don't realize there are techniques to breathe that can help us manage our stress, our body and our everything else. But it's a bit like, you know, when you have a baby, if you breathe, yes. it helps with the pain. Yes, and, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and when you breathe, if, if there's a bit of anxiety or anxiousness or something like that, if you take some breaths, if you know how to do that, it changes the energy that is there. Yes. It's good, good, good vibrations, right? Yes. <laughs> the Beach Boys had it right. Yes. <laughs> and life's exciting. I find life to be exciting. Yes. There is so much on opportunity out there for everyone it's just depends on whether they embrace it or not and if that opportunity yeah. isn't right go to the next one but never pass up an opportunity always have a go at it yeah mm -hmm. but it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be right for you have a go at it and think oh okay yes. I like that from that okay I don't want to do it anymore let's move right on. yeah exactly and you know the thing is you know one people that people get completely wrong they think that by choosing positivity by choosing to raise your consciousness and raising that consciousness is to a simple thing called kindness caring and love right and self-love and love of others and love of life and it's a it's a most beautiful frequency and vibration that doesn't mean that we're not paying attention to everything else that's going on in the world right and um, i'm very much about us holding accountability for our own actions good or bad and I will call out the people that are doing bad against others um, because we need to empower the people they're victimizing. We need to give them that energy so that they can stand tall against the, the tyrants or whatever's happening in the world. But again, life is a choice. If you choose to be miserable and buy into all the misery all the time, then misery is all you're going to get. Right. So I choose to feed the love and the joy, but that doesn't mean I don't I'm not aware that there's a whole lot of misery going on. But I'm sorry, I'm not swimming in that pool. No, you, you don't want to enter it. It's a bit like, you know, yeah. those people that listen to the news all the time. And, and my and sister, <laughs> I, I just don't do it anymore. And no. if I need no. to know something, I will find out. Someone will yes. tell me or it will come in as a vibration somewhere yeah. along the line. Right. I used to be one to listen to the news all the time and now because I care about how I'm feeling yes. and I want to feel well and on top of things all the time, and that's not all the time that it happens, but sometimes, you know, 99% yeah. of the time, I don't want to hear all this negativity. I don't want to know all the drama and things that are going on in the world if I need to know, I will find It's accessible. It. Yeah, my sister is one of these people. She'll read all the newspapers and watch all the news and then she'll call my brother up and tell him about doomsday. And he's a person that 
he's an author and when he writes he writes positively just incredibly but you know we call him the moo cow no it will never work no and that's because she's constantly dumping this negativity on him and he absorbs it right and really? I'm just ain't buying that so she doesn't understand what I do and bless her little heart she called me a do-gooder communist one time for the work that I'm doing and it's like what <laughs> and she just doesn't get it at all and uh, but I could not live in her world of this constant hysteria because that's what news is it's hysteria but I think that if she let go of that now I don't think she would actually survive it's ingrained in her now yes so yes. therefore she's it's what keeps her alive yeah yeah look yeah yeah which I don't you know I don't want that thank you I you know there's so much joy in the world you know I say to my three-month-old grandson and I have a a 28-month-old grandson and just being around them watching them playing with them holding them you know that's beautiful innocence of joy of exploration of life it is such a gift and it's, you know, it's different when you have your own children, right? Because there you're just thinking the next meal, the this, the that, and everything else. <laughs> With grandchildren, you can kind of sit back and absorb more because I don't have all those responsibilities now. I can enjoy the nectar. But I think it's such a wonderful reminder for us to look at animals or nature or children. And sometimes when you feel the world is just too much, just simply look at the children and dip into their exuberance of life and take some of it on and lighten up because we allow ourselves to get so heavy. And I, I have grandchildren as well. And my, my son sent me a, a video of my grandson walking for the first time yesterday. Oh. And that was so exciting. Where's your heart? Up here? Oh, it, brings, <laughs> it brings joy to my heart, yes. but it also yes. brings tears of joy. Yes. Yes. You know, yes. so I know exactly where you're coming from. And it's just so exciting because you can have the joy of them and give them back to their parents. Exactly. <laughs> it's not responsibility for the next 20 years. Yeah. And, but I think that, you know, it's a wonderful reminder. And I've had people say to me, well, how do I get, because, you know, say so you cannot get the wisdom from the universe, God, universe, spirit, whatever you want to call it. You can't get that wisdom with a closed heart. You have yeah. to open your heart. And people say, but I, my heart's so wounded. I, you know, I feel so pain. How do I open it? And I said, you go in amongst nature. You hear the birds sing in the trees. You watch the ocean lap on the shore. You watch a dog chasing a stick, waggling his tail, a kid running after the dog. If you don't crack a smile on any of those, then we need a, a little more help. <laughs> You've definitely got a problem. I'm just looking yeah. out the window here and I have this massive tree and the sun's starting to come in and um, I, I sit in a place where I can look at my garden when I'm working so that it gives me joy. That gives me joy. And, it does. you know, all those things that you mentioned just give me joy. And looking out at the sky, I walked out this morning and looked up and this moon was shining down. And I went to go and take a photo of it, but I got distracted, so I didn't get get it this morning. But when I go walking, I take photos because I look up at the moon yeah. all yes. the time. I think, oh, oh, it's changed a little bit. I'll take another photo, and I think, <laughs> just keep walking, you know. Yes. But it just brings me joy, and 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 I love sharing those photos with people because they they expect them it's from sharing me. a smile. It's sharing a smile. <laughs> You know, yeah. I mean, that's I, I do that all the time. And very often I'll take a picture and I'll add words to it, you yes. know, a meaning to it. And I share that out. And and it's or, you know, if I'm needing a pick me up, I'll go and watch YouTube where they're rescuing animals or they're doing something beautiful of mm. people helping other people. You know, that yeah. picks me up. It reminds me there is a beautiful humanity out there. And it just it, it just warms your heart. And I've interviewed people that all they do is they go out and, and share a smile with people. It is their journey is to, to, to get everyone smiling and share that smile and lift their day up. So beautifully simple. And it's so easy for us to do. And it costs nothing. 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 Absolutely nothing. And it, and it, <laughs> oh, it gives you so much. Oh, it does. Yeah. Look, when I walk, there's certain people that say good morning every morning. Good morning. 
it's pitch black dark and you can't see them, but you know they're coming. <laughs> and they say, good morning. And you say, good morning, but you have this smile in your voice. Yeah, yeah. You know, yes. that smile. And they know. <laughs> In your voice. You know, there, there's so many people walking around looking at their phones or, or just eyes down because they're scared to look at things. And I think if we all learn to just look at each other, good day. How yeah. are you? Great day. Oh, God, look at the day. It was another hot day or another rainy day. You know, <laughs> I don't care what you do. Make contact. Yes. You know, one of my biggest pleasures when I have time is I like to go to a coffee bar and sit outside and watch the world go by. And then people who come and either side of you make comments and start conversations I love it yeah you know I love those kind of impromptu you know communications and conversations because I think they're just so uplifting and um I just That's you know important. just important yeah. yes yeah yeah and, and sometimes it could be that person hasn't talked to anyone today yes right and need that conversation so you know never assume please never assume you never know who's lonely. They can be sitting yeah. in a cafe but be very lonely and, and not speak to people. And if you you say hello to them or say have a good day or it is just something simple that gives them that lift. I see you. Yes, yes. That goes a long way, folks. I see yeah. you. I'm seen. I'm not invisible. I'm seen. Yeah. You have no idea how much power that gives that person. Yeah. Now, Sarah, your superpowers are many and wide. <laughs> I don't look at them as superpowers. They're just Sarah. <laughs> yeah, but you are a superpower in yourself. You you give a gift to the world and an opportunity for people to share their gifts and pass them on to others who can then learn and share their gifts. So your gift is comes from your heart and your soul and it shares the beauty of life from all, all avenues. That's what I see. Thank you. Well, I mean, I know life can be a battle and, and it's also the role that I've played because I am that, that door opener. I'm that door opener to the wisdom that's going to help people elevate higher I would love to be over there on the higher elevation where it's more peaceful but my role that I was given here on this planet was to be that door opener to the wisdom and it's free will whether you wish to walk through the door but I'm the door opener and and you know as I said people don't come back out that way once they go through and elevate they're never going to return um, but it's knowing that in some way somehow whether it's one thing or whether it's the whole thing in the conversation, that somebody has shifted, pivoted, smiled, lifted up, received some information they needed, all of it just makes that door opening so much more worthwhile. I will say you create the opportunity for people to grow, see themselves in a different light. And so in the, uh, uh, what is it, the, is it the Akashi record? No, the, the human design. I have uh, someone who's coming on who does human design. She says, you're a generator. Yeah. And I go, okay, all right. <laughs> I'll accept that yeah. as long as I'm generating good vibrations. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you open the doors and create opportunities for people to to shine their light on the world through conversation and walk out feeling confident that they can achieve and choose to do so. Like the conversation you did with me, we were talking about the importance of conversation, of that communication, mm -hmm. the, the importance of connection, of relationship yes. building through conversation. And, you know, for somebody who may look at conversation as, you know, pass me the salt, you know, it's understanding how to step out of their discomfort and start a conversation which is building a relationship that can lead to so much more and the importance of it. So case in point, your show opened the door to the art of conversation. Mm. And I had someone say to me, it's not what you do. You don't do conversations. And I'm thinking, yes. well, that's what I do. I do conversations. It's, it's who you are. You're a conversationalist. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's the thing. It's not what we're doing. It's who we are. We're just sharing who we are. Yeah. 
Yeah. And opening doors, as you say, you're you're opening the opportunity for people to express themselves and share their gifts, which they had a fear of, of oh, do I share this or not? So you create that opportunity for them to go in with a bit of hesitation and they come out with the gift of shining their light on the outside. Yeah. It's actually kind of funny because... Um... Through the years, people have kept saying to me, where's your book, Sarah? Where's your book? And I thought, well, you know, I'm boring. <laughs> I mean, then no, it was, no Sarah, we want your book. And then last August, I took three weeks off and I just dived in and wrote my book. And it's taken a year <laughs> of editing because I haven't been able to do it all the time when I've had time to go in and edit it. And it ends up my wonderful engineer son-in-law has been the basic, biggest participant. And my brother, who is actually an author and taught literature at master's degree, um, and I write in a very different way, obviously very fluid and spiritual way, that both of them, the analyticals that have come in and been supportive over this book. In fact, my son-in-law even designed the cover and, and oh. has helped me do the editing and everything. And it's like, you just don't know. I mean, he's the last person I thought that would look at the book. I like he's read it through. It's a good way for him to get to know his mother-in-law and how wacky she really is. <laughs> but at the same time, it's that I'm once I write this book and and finish this book and it's out there, I have no idea the impact of what my story will say or whether it will have any at all. And that's really not the point, will. is it? No, but well, it will. It will. I'm just in again, like every show, it's out there. People can pick it up or not pick it up. It's up to them, free will again. Um, but it's, and somebody said to me, oh, good, are we going to learn all the juices uh, of your pain? And I go, no, I will share the things that have happened to me in my life, but that's not who I am anymore. This is who I am. And what I am sharing was, what was the journey to becoming me today? Mm. And what's right? the title of your book? Please share. It is my self-discovery. I mean, you know, everything is it's it's tied into this thing is my self-discovery. Right now it's self-discovery wisdom, other people's wisdom. So this is my self-discovery. Mm. Thank you, Sarah, so much for such a fabulous conversation. Thank you. Thank and you. Shining your brilliance on the outside. I absolutely loved it. Now, how can people get in contact with you, Sarah? Well, they can go to the website, which is selfdiscoverywisdom.com. Uh, they can also go to the auditofwisdom.org, and that's where we have the book opportunities and uh, the mentor directory. Um, and they can find all the shows and all the information there. But they can also reach me at selfdiscoverywisdom at gmail.com. So whether you wish to be a host, um, a guest rather, or you want to um, spot someone to be a guest whether you're interested in being a mentor or whether at the present moment the forgotten children series i'm looking at people who specialize with children and being a part of that um just drop me a line you know it's if you want me to cover a topic that you think i haven't covered drop me a line and i'll find someone to cover that topic so and we'd like to hear from you too so drop us a line and let us know if we're doing okay <laughs> yeah beautiful thank you so much for your time it's been wonderful I'm Faye Waterman, the Conversation Curator, and I'll be back with another Watch Your Superpower. Thank you, Sarah, and bye for now. Thank you.